Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I'm Peter, that is Connor. We talk about movies on this show, uh, usually older movies, sometimes stuff that's a little bit more recent, but not new releases, although this one's probably the newest we've done so far, I think. I have to assume so. On Influx, obviously we have 1.21 Gigawatch, which is for new movies that came out. Uh, obviously, like Baby Driver, for example, will be on that later this week. Uh, but this, this, we're going to be talking about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, because of course, War for the Planet of the Apes is coming out in a couple of weeks. And we already did Rise of the Planet of the Apes and the original Planet of the Apes. See, this is why these titles are too long, because when you see a few of them like that... <laughs> I, I, you, I agree, it's a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, so, But obviously, current trilogy, Rise, and now Dawn, and then we'll have War. And we, obviously, we like the original a lot, we like Rise a lot, and we did allude to quite heavily in Rise that we like Dawn quite a bit. So, here we are. I'm just going to give a full spoiler warning, I think, just so we can dive right in, yeah. get into it. Because we did a spoiler-free section on Rise, and I feel like that was that made sense. It's the start of the trilogy. You should go back and watch that. And if you watched Rise, you probably want to watch Dawn anyway. I don't think we have to convince you that you should. And, and also, just go watch it. Yeah, go because, watch Dawn. Because it's, it's great. great. It's fantastic. It's the best film in the series. And perhaps we will convince you of that over the next hour, or however long this this takes. So, here we are. Dawn, Dawn for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, time has moved on a little bit, at least 10 years, and we have Caesar, who now is the head of this ape community, with, and they use spears to hunt things, they even have like a little you know school. That, that opening, you know, where they're they hunting, that's mm. w- one of my favourite moments, it's it's uh, one of the, my favourite mu- moments from the music. There's a lot of very good music in this film, which uh, my Giugino is fantastic, but there's a moment there where the music plays homage to, uh, you know, the, the monolith music from 2001. I did notice this, yes. And uh, I think it's fantastic. So obviously, you know, that, that, see, that opens there with the, the, the dawn of man and, you know, apes learning to use tools. And that's, that's kind of what this scene is. It's I, them using tools to hunt. I did notice this, yes. And I did smirk when I, I noticed it was homaging these. It was sort of the mythic chanting of, the, yeah. of that track. Uh, was sort of coming in as they were hunting. I I liked that touch. That was that was actually quite nice. Uh, but no, they've got a society. They have like a little, little sort of community, and they've they've got the, the young apes were all being taught. Maurice seems to be the teacher of the of yeah. the kids. He's teaching them alphabets, and they even have laws like written on the wall. It's like ape does not kill it's, ape. It's very like Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah, kind of, and. Uh, but no, we see, we see they're functioning, and, and for the first and for a lot of the first part of the movie. It's a subtitled movie because the apes are all using sign language and they're communicating and we get subtitles. Yeah, we have that short opening section, you know, where it's just about the virus spreading with a bit yeah, of narration yeah. with the, the newscasters. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it narration. It's just like clips of yeah, audio from yeah. news clips and things like that, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just glossed over that because... <laughs> well, yeah, I just mean, it, it starts with some familiar dialogue and then it's like, right, straight into it. Yeah, it's just straight to Caesar and the apes, and yeah. we're, that's, we're running with that right from the get-go. They're, he's the main character. Caesar is the protagonist. That's not to say that we don't have a main human character. We do. We have Jason Clark uh, playing Malcolm. Uh, and, you know, the humans kind of stumble in, and the asshole human uh, carver, he shoots uh, Ash, is the name of the ape, who is the yeah. son of Rocket. doesn't kill him, but shoots him out of fear. And maybe general Ashholeness as well, which is a fair point. Uh, and that that kind of kicks off the plot. And that's when we hear Caesar speak. He says, you know, leave now or go now. 
and it, it's, it, it just fills us back into this world and from it's only until then when we actually meet the humans through that point of view that we then follow them back to their civilization and then it becomes a movie of two sides a movie of two sides of the coin where there's the humans and there's the apes and what I think makes this movie work so goddamn well especially just from the, the point of social commentary of the point of all this because really what I think the movie's about it's the, the fear and the condemnation of the other the, yeah. the, the other type of person, or in this case, other species of creature mm. that you don't trust, that you expect to be something bad. And what I think makes this extremely balanced is that you've got these leaders, uh, Clark's not quite the leader, actually, or Malcolm, I should say, his, his character name, but he he really wants peace and to work with the apes and Caesar, and he, he seems to respect Caesar. Well, everyone else is like, oh, they're, they're still apes, they're still animals, but he sees that there's something more intelligent there. He, he recognises yeah. that. And Caesar... Likewise, remembers. Uh, oh my god, I forgot his character name. But Franco's <laughs> character from the first movie, he remembers him, and he remembers humans can be good, even though like others, you know, Cobb has only seen the bad of humanity. He does know that there's good people, there's good, good, good to humanity that there is there, and he is tempted to try and make sure peace happens, and that's kind of like the the bond that's trying to happen that feels that's it like you, you're kind of praying for it all movie even though it feels like it's it's doomed it is, yeah but both societies feel equal in the sense like you say there are these good people who are striving for peace but then on both sides there are those that are just like nah let's just go to war let's just wipe the others out oh yeah in both sides like you you have carver on the human side who is constantly being essentially racist towards the apes i mean is yeah. it, obviously it's a different species so it's not quite racism in the same sense but that, it's the way he's talking sounds the exact same as a racist nut job who wants to d- diminish them or they're just animals or just apes we should just kill them now before they come and kill us in our sleep it's just these awful things he's saying it's, I- he's enticing he's being antagonistic and then the same side of that you have Koba on the apes who's like no they're humans they're evil we should do this we should have revenge we should fight we should show strength and i think then as well as that you've kind of got a bit of a middle ground like Gary Oldman's Dreyfus, who's like, no, we're going to be prepared, and we're going to have guns. I'm going to give you your chance. You can try and have you, peace, but if this do, doesn't work, I am ready. Do you know, one of my biggest sort of pleasant surprises of the movie, I was expecting it to be good, but one of my pleasant surprises was Gary Oldman's character, because I think the trailers made him look like he was just going to be the, oh, I'm the human villain, mahaha, kill these yeah, stupid yeah. apes. Uh, and he actually wasn't. He, he was a pretty straightforward guy who was quite logical and... Like you say, he was prepared, he wasn't looking for war, he was concerned, but he didn't jump the gun. He felt more realistic because he wasn't just, oh yes, let's, let's just go and attack. Kind of, That's kind it, of he, was, he was willing to give Clark a chance. It's like, you know, you, you go out and try, but I'm giving you three days. After that, I'm being ready, I'm not taking and, the risk. And when it got to the point where he was commanding everyone and shooting at the apes, at that point the apes were attacking them, this was defence. So you never, right. you never blamed him, his character was never an asshole about it. No, it wasn't. It's it was a, an unfortunate byproduct of the situation that led him to that. Which I think sums up the movie as a whole. When we get to the end of the film, we're, we're talking about the overall themes right now, so I'm just skipping around yeah. where I see fit. But when we get to the end of the movie, and it's this really sad, upsetting kind of ending where, like, Caesar and Malcolm are kind of like neither of us wanted this, but it's already started and it's leading us to war. Which I, I think the great thing about. Uh, going into the new movie War of the Apes is that right from the start of this movie we're talking about the possibility of war so it feels like it's so 
well set up to go into movie number three, but yeah, like you you feel like oh they really tried they tried to make it work. There there was moments where it looked like it might not go quite right, and then it then it worked in the end. Where you know it kind of broke down, and Caesar told him to go because uh, Carver snuck in a gun, and then he told him to go for this, and then they, then she, you know, his wife, uh, Carrie Russell's character Ellie, she heals uh, Caesar's wife. She actually uses her because she's a doctor, and the, the apes don't have a doctor, and it's like, oh wait, we can both benefit from this. Like, yeah, the humans get their power from the dam, so they can have the lights and stuff, and we get medical attention. We get things that we haven't quite figured out yet because. Because simply put, humans have had a lot of time to figure a lot of stuff out. Well, that's it. Like we, we see, as advanced as they are for apes, they have a, a functioning society. Mm. They are still relatively primitive in the sense, you know, it's still wooden and stone spears. It's still, you yeah, know, the, around fires. I mean, to to sort of put it in perspective, they're basically cavemen with more intelligence because they are smarter yeah. because they're communicating yeah. better yeah. than what cavemen would have communicated and so on. Uh, and see, even the fact that Caesar recognises good in people and bad in people, because I, I think actual cavemen are a bit more barbaric, and <laughs> that, that's kind of what like yeah, Cobalt leans towards. Yeah, he has modern but, morality. But when you watch this movie, you can totally see the fear-mongering, both from Koba and Carver, and yeah. like because they, they, some humans blame the apes because they called it the simian flu because it, where it came from, even though it was humans that made it, it wasn't the apes' fault. Uh, yeah. But like the, the way it's used as a sort of almost political leverage like no 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 we can't trust them because of this it feels so again like good science fiction it's just it's such such good social commentary and everything about it feels like it's examining why did these two sides eventually fight when sides when people on both sides clearly did not want that to happen who were trying the best to make it work right and and i think that's why i'm looking forward to this third one so much like i say this what this next one is war and we know right this this movie is war and it's this this whole movie of of dawn was can we prevent it? And the whole thing is just uh, a reason of right going. Ultimately, no. This is this is going to happen. Uh, and the next one is kind of the fallout from that almost. Yeah, I don't necessarily think the movie's saying that it's always going to happen though. in in this case. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's a cynical look in the world. I think it's an examination of is to, to and in this case it was going to happen because that's where the story's going. But I think the point is, is when it does happen, why does it happen? I think it's interesting that when it happens is when there's the the breakdown of communication. Hmm. Because, you know, it's whenever they talk, you know, whenever Malcolm and Caesar are discussing, you know, we want the dam, we can help, that's when relations are by far at their best. But as soon as one bad thing happens and, you know, they, they start shunning the other side, it, it escalates. And without the communication to discuss and see the benefits, they just vilify the others. Well, to, to an extent, but I, I, th- I think a big element here is, though, is it's sabotaged on both sides from within. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the biggest element here is, is the fact that there's people on both sides who actually want to go to war is ultimately yeah. why it happens because the reason why the war actually happens is because Koba for the first time in their society kills another ape or at least he thinks he does Caesar doesn't actually die from it which leads us to where it goes uh, but ultimately he, he becomes the ultimate villain of the movie because he does cause this war and I like that I like, don't get me wrong he's villainous because he, yes he harms Koba he threatens other apes he kills Ash uh, because he doesn't follow his orders. He is just power hungry. He is the, the politician who's in for himself, essentially. Even if even if he's not thinking of it in terms of politics, that's kind of what it is. Uh, yeah. And that he wants to be the ruler of the apes, and he wants to defeat the human menace, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it's all about vengeance, it's all about power. And 
what I think is so perfect about that is that, yeah, it, it, you hate him for, yes, hurting Caesar, hurting the other apes, but ultimately, he's causing war. He he is the bullet that just started, like, he's essentially Hitler. No, no, maybe not in the same, same idea that he's doing the same things as Hitler, but just in the sense that World War Two happened because of, at its core, there was a person at the centre who caused it. Yeah. That drove no, it forward. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I think it's because it's it's out of such selfish motivations. Like I say, it's, the, it's mm. because he wants to be in charge. He no longer respects Caesar. He thinks Caesar doesn't deserve his place. He thinks he can do better. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, I love the... Uh, there's a moment when Koba goes against Caesar. And there's that great moment, that shot, where Caesar like stands up in front of him and he rises up to show his strength and the camera just oh, tilts with so him. good. And it just feels so imposing. It's like... Yeah, and that, that's what I think I love about it, is I think in a straight one-on-one fight, Koba was always going to lose, but he is a coward and he shoots him from the darkness. But he, yeah. he takes him off his guard. And then when they are fighting, Caesar's injured. Like, he, yeah, he has played it to a perfection. He has manipulated it so he's got an advantage. It's... And and Koba knows that. That's why, you know, those moments where, where Caesar raises up, Koba immediately shrinks down. He, he, mm. he goes down, he you know puts his hand up for submission. And even, and this is the thing, like, he claims that he's for ape and that he hates Caesar because Caesar's sympathising with the enemy. But mm. the minute things start going, not going his way during the fight at the end of the tower, Koba starts putting other apes in harm's way to yeah. win the fight. He clearly, it is purely about himself, it is purely selfish reasons. It's, it's, it, <laughs> it, it, it expertly parallels to so many things. What, what I really interested in is, is it does does he realize he's being selfish? Is he is he aware that he's just power hungry and he's like, no, I want this, or does he genuinely believe it's good for for apes? I, I'm not sure. I th- I think he probably did until a point, but I yeah. think I think there's a moment in the fight when he does just like put another ape in danger, where maybe he's not thinking about it, or he's not got time to think about it. But the, the fact that he's made that choice, yeah. Uh, in that moment means that deep down that's what it what what it is. So I I don't know. It's hard it's hard to it's hard to say uh, one way or the other. But uh, I, I think no. I, so I think I think I think that's ultimately the meat of the f- the film is that 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 social commentary, that analysis of why the two sides eventually go to war when there's good people on both sides trying to stop it, and it should be stopped. The viol- and I think ultimately that's the that's the other big message here is that war is violence for violence' sake. It's pointless. Yeah, and World War Two is a bad one to compare it to because that was very much a uh, there was a reason a, a defense. Yeah, like yeah. it was like okay, we need to start protecting people because Nazi Germany's yeah. going awry. Well, World War One's pretty a better analogy for that, where yeah. it's just a political mess. But but even then, like it still kind of works to the extent where there's still someone causing it from the other side. Sure, the reason why the defending side said, "Okay, no, we need to declare war. Right, we're stepping in and doing this." Like it still, it started from a place of this doesn't need to happen. This is one person's power or one group's power that's mm. going out of hand, so on. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the violence is unnecessary. Apes die, humans die. All of it is not needed. Yeah, no one's really going to win at the end of it. No, no, not not at all. And I, I think it's, it's very much an anti-war movie. And the fact that that was an anti-war movie, then we're going to a movie called War for the Planet of the Apes. Like, what's this going to come out? Fascinating, feeling like? isn't it? Like, if that was a look at 
you know, why we should prevent war. And that's ultimately what it is. It's, it's trying its hardest not to reach war. And I feel like, I feel like the next one even, well, to keep that, that message, like, you know, we shouldn't have war. I feel like that's going to be a consistent theme. I feel like it, theme. it has to. Otherwise, it would feel like a, a tonal shift for the series, which well, just wouldn't make sense. Well, I mean, f- right from the start of this next movie, like, at the end of this, Caesar does not want war, but he knows that it's happening now. He can't do anything about it. He has to fight it because he knows that because of what's happened, because of the attack that the apes have made, that they have to. That the humans are going to come, like the people yeah. they called for help. The, the military that are left are going to come for them, and they're going to have to stand their ground and fight. There's not going to be an option for peace because they're going to shoot first and ask questions later. Yeah, and uh, I think that's fast. I think the fact that we have Caesar who doesn't even want a war. He knows it's not something that he that's wants. That's it. It's- he doesn't want the war, but he knows he still has to fight it. He has to win it for his people, for his for his species' survival. It's It's been forced to a point where, as far as he can see, at least at the start of the movie, it's mm. one or the other. Yeah, so it'll be fascinating. And obviously, the embargo for the next movie just lifted, and it's sitting at 96% or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's shockingly it's a, high. It's which... also a crazy early embargo. Yes, they're confident about that movie. They are confident. They really are. I can't remember the last time I saw one that early. Uh, but it's really exciting, of course, that it's 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 at least getting the praise up front. And it's like, okay, I'm feeling nice and... I was yeah. confident anyway, but now I'm feeling especially Yeah, I, I had no reason to be worried whatsoever, but it's yeah. nice just to have that reassurance. Yeah, so uh, so that stuff is fantastic. And you know, I was going to say, just take a moment to say that we've spent, you know, however long already, just talking about how good the characters are. And half of them are apes. And That's because just, it shouldn't it's, matter. It's, it's, it's just they're, they're so fully realised characters and they're so well acted and they look so just realistic. Everything I, is in the emotions, oh yeah. in the faces. Oh yeah. Oh, all this, absolutely true. Uh, all this is why as movie characters they work. But just to, just to go into a sort of a, a deeper message behind this, this is the biggest argument I, I almost have when people start being racist or homophobic or whatever. Like, for a, any... To any type of bigotry, yeah. take, take your pick, is, oh, X person is different from me, therefore they are lesser, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't even need to see another human being to see them as being equal or whatever. If they're intelligent life, it doesn't matter what species they are, what they look like, and obviously in real life examples we're using other human beings, so it's even more like, what the hell are you talking about, you idiots? But in this case, these apes are smart, they're intelligent, and that's you know, that's why I think you connect with Malcolm quite quickly, because he recognises that this is intelligent yeah. life. Therefore, we should be having conversations with him. This is negotiating for peace. This this, this is what this is. Uh, but that, this, you know, this bigoted idea of, oh, they're different, they are less than equal, or they are savage, or they are the boogeyman, they are the other. Again, to come back to yeah. what the whole theme of the movie is, is that it's the fear of the other kind. And it goes both ways. You know, you have Koba being like that with the humans, yeah. you have Carver being like that with the apes, and obviously they're very much just the, the core examples for the movie to show that. Obviously there'll be others as well on both sides, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's fascinating stuff. Uh, so, like, like I say, uh, Don, Don is rich with that stuff, and we obviously characters are very good uh, Caesar's great uh, I think you get a good sense of Maurice Maurice of course befriends uh, Malcolm's son he has some good moments Rocket feels like a loyal comrade uh, so again you get this core set of characters who we've had mostly from the last movie as well carrying forward they're carrying forward to the next one it's really interesting to see their place in the society because obviously they're the, the elder ones they were around mm. at the start they were Caesar's first allies and they clearly have you know elevated positions because of that 
Yeah, and uh, it's when Koba shoots uh, Maurice in the final fight. You're like, oh no, he crossed the line. Not Maurice. Yeah. Maurice yeah. is so big and oh, friendly. That, that was too far. Yeah. Uh, no, Maurice survives. He, I mean, obviously, having that big, big face means there's, there's plenty of area to shoot that probably won't cause that much damage internally. He's thick-skinned. Yeah. But, like, it's, oh man. Eh. Which, by the way, can I just say how much I love the scene where Koba... Because he goes and visits those two, not not, not really nut jobs, but the, the two sort of... The guys who are uh, like drinking with their, the, the 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 gun range. Yeah, they're firing practice, but they're, they're both kind of assholes. Like not not yeah. terrible people, but they're kind of. Uh, but they're they're doing that, and Koba like pretends to be a dumb monkey to kind of like so they're not scared of him, and they kind of like have fun with them, and they're and the whole time you're like you're just waiting for him to do something, and then see you that just, mo- it, it plays it's it yeah. waits so long. And it's when he grabs the gun and he just starts swinging it around and you're like, oh no, like this is just entered a dark, dark moment. Yeah. And he just he shoots the one guy like it's nothing, and it's just oh, it's, it's proper terrifying. It's really good stuff. I will give those two guys a small bit of credit. They do have good taste in whiskey. They do, <laughs> they go they go oh, this is the good stuff, and it, from what I can tell, it looks like a Johnny Walker Blue Label, and that is that is the good stuff. Sure. So you know, credit where it's due. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, but no, uh, yeah, characters across the board. Uh, obviously, Malcolm and Caesar are the main ones on both sides. But like his family, like Ellie, of course, we find out that she had a daughter, and Malcolm had a wife before, and they died in the virus. Like it's not full families that have survived this. A lot of people have lost others. And I think it's interesting that the children, like her child, died because I get the wife died, but it's it's interesting that she didn't pass on the resistance. This the mm. the immunity. It, it wasn't like she didn't genetically just pass it on like you'd perhaps expect. Nah, clearly they're saying that's not that's not how this works. It's uh, yeah, the immunity the draw, is random. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if anything, Malcolm's really lucky that him and his son are both both survived because yeah. it could have just been uh, one of them. Unless it was, and it's just a recessive gene, perhaps. Yeah, possibly, or maybe it's something that all the men passed down. Ah, uh, it could be. Yeah, don't know. I thought. No, it's uh, possible. But, maybe, but then again, maybe not because uh, Gary Oldman's character lost all of his kids, so. That's true. I was actually a moment I really liked. I liked when they got power back on for a little bit, and he started crying, looking at his photos on his iPad, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, he had no electricity, and all his photos are all digital." Yeah. So he couldn't look at them. This is the it's, first time he's seen his kids so in so long. Real to now, like yeah. the idea that now, obviously, some people will still have all the the hard copies of photos, but I think the majority of people now, it's you know, it's all on the phones, it's all you know, on Facebook, or whatever. And the idea that if if they lost all of that in you know some sort of event. How would they look at pictures of the family? For a lot of people, that's yeah. that's kind of sad, and I don't think I noticed until this. Yeah, uh, some great action scenes in this one. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, I I really like when Malcolm's like sneaking around after the apes have taken over. Malcolm's sneaking around the building trying to get medical supplies for Caesar because Caesar's been shot and he's he needs to be healed, and he's he's running around uh, trying to get them. And there's, there's this sort of wonder as he's running around and he all, he keeps almost running into the apes as they're like shooting stuff in the hallway and. What not? That was really good. That's where he runs into uh, with Blue Eyes, which who's uh, Caesar's son. That's another theme of the movie is that Caesar has his son as a new baby as well. Uh, but like Caesar's son is kind of naive and kind of like gets gets drawn into Cobra's way of thinking for a while. Yeah, it, it kind of plays as a, the idea of being raised as just as Caesar's son versus being raised as the son of the whole society, mm. because it means that he's. 
I think they, they very much do raise them as a society as a whole rather than individual parenting from what it seems. And it seems like he, he very much looks up to Koba perhaps because of that. Like Koba was always there well, at the start. Well, I don't know because at the start of the movie, like Caesar's teaching him to hunt. Like he does constantly refer to the fact that he's his father. He's constantly... Well, yeah, I just mean maybe from a younger age. Like they seems like they're like mm. raised as a group rather than, you know, one-to-one. Um, but like, so he he's sort of won over with Koba's way of thinking. Like he's very influential until they see Koba actually start killing people, and yeah. Koba asks them to kill a human being, and he kind of sees the horror of war and the horror of what. Like he realizes what his father was trying to avoid this whole time, and he obviously comes back around and helps his father, and he ends up sneaking out. Like because they've got Maurice and uh, Rocket and the the allies, the apes and the cages as well. And they put humans in the cages, which again kind of harkens back to the original movie where uh, humans are in cages now, and they're the yeah, yeah. I, I like it here a lot though because it's like you know they're they're equal. Like these humans, they're just as bad as these apes. It doesn't mm. matter what they look like anymore. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I've talked about the action scenes. Uh, the the scene where they actually storm the main human base. You know, Koba takes the army and they're on horses. They've all just got the guns. Uh, it's incredible. There's that fantastic shot when Koba like takes over the tank, and the camera just stays behind like the sort of the, the top of the tank and it spins with it. So it's just this perfect and sort of three sixty yeah. shot uh, as all this chaos is going on, and then the tank eventually hits I the do, thing. I do want to fault one. It's not really a fault. One thing here, as much as we praise the effects, there is something I noticed here where mm-hmm. a digital cheating a little bit, using reusing a bit of code that they'd done before. It was a. You know, when they, where, that shot where they're riding in on the horses and mm-hmm. they're getting shot at, like three of the horses fall and the way they stumble, it's the exact same order and the exact same motions as three of the horses that did it in Lord of the Rings. It's the, it's the exact same shot, just with a different, you know, horse on the top. But the actual movement that it is, they've just used the same bit. I don't care. Cheating. I, I, I don't really. I just, <laughs> it, it took me out for a moment. When I'm I never going to watch Lord of the Rings that. again, so I'm never going to notice this and be like, oh, that's the same sh- shot. It's just, I just, yeah, it took me out of the moment. Just a moment when I noticed that I was like, hey, you did that before. Ah, that's fine. That's fine. It is. Um, but no, that seems uh, breathtaking stuff. Uh, yeah, music's pretty good. I don't think the music's super memorable, though. I will, I will fault it See, there. I, I disagree with that. I've... I found it extremely memorable from the first time I watched the film in cinema. Uh, I've seen it three times now, and I I can't remember a single cue in my head outside of the two thousand one oh, homage at the start. Oh man, Cobra's theme I think is excellent. Hmm. I think it's I personally find it very memorable. I don't think it's bad by any means. I think it works well for the movie, but there's nothing uh, super memorable. But I, I don't think anything was super memorable in the first movie either. To be fair, either I don't really remember anything from the first one, but I remember a lot from this one. Um, but no, that's not so much my criticism as just as a, an observation because uh, not every score is going to be memorable or necessarily yeah. should be memorable So some by their nature are kind of ambient and aren't going to make you think oh I can hum that a little bit or yeah, yeah. whatever uh, but certainly that's, that's that type of score alright so you mentioned effects a little bit ago let's uh, talk about CG and how and, it's and just praise it to hell because it's the, the gold standard still Pretty much. I, I do think it wasn't as immaculate as I remembered. Yeah. There were some moments here or there where I'm like, okay, this is at like 85% as opposed yeah. to the full 100, right? There's a few, there is a few more of those moments than I'd remembered. Although, alternatively, the part of the movie that I remembered being the weak spot for effects 
actually wasn't as bad as I remembered. Uh, that? that was the basically the end of the tower. I, I remember thinking yeah. they were fighting in the tower when I originally saw it. That uh, the first couple of times I saw it, that it was uh, I don't know, like just like the apes were still really good, but some of the surroundings in the background felt a little bit green screeny. You know, it almost felt mm. like you know when you see actors against the green screen, where yeah. like oh the apes look realistic, but it looks like they're standing in front of a green screen, which is a really yeah. weird thing to say when they're all CG. But it kind of had that feeling, and it held up a lot better than I'd remembered actually. I will say I still have the, the same problem that I had in the the last film. It's mm-hmm. the feet. The feet still don't look quite right. I wasn't really paying attention to the feet. And, admittedly. Well, I was only looking out for it because I'd noticed it last time, and I wanted to see if they'd managed to fix it. And uh, that's fair. Still not quite there. Yeah. Now I was really impressed though because uh, when they were up in that tower, obviously it's windier, and you could see all the fur blowing heavier in yeah. the wind. It looked it's really incredible, good, isn't it? Look, look really, I can't really wait to see if they've improved again for war. I think naturally it will have done a little bit at least. I mean, yeah, it's been a few years, so it should have done a bit. Can, but... I, can I just say how, I mean, Dawn compared to Rise and then War's getting good reviews. Obviously, once we actually see it, we can have an opinion on it. But just how much having a three-year gap between the movies seems to be benefiting, just how strong the script was in this. As well as the yeah. effects, but just just from the, the perspective of actually taking time to develop the story and because the script in this is so tight, so so yeah. tight, um, and so many movies like franchises have like two year gaps between sequels. You know, you you have, you, 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 pick pick your one, and you know, two years is the standard for most new yeah. franchises that are coming out until they start slowing down. Uh, and I feel like here, it just it's like this is why you give it an extra year. You give them the time to really develop. Do you know what it. I find amusing? I know the the director of uh, Rise never came back for this because mm-hmm. he didn't like the fact that they'd pegged in the release date already. Hmm. So he was like, "No, I want the freedom if, in case I need to move it." And they they wouldn't budge, obviously, because the studio was like, "No, we're having that date. We've got it locked in," which is obviously why they brought in Matt Reeves. But it's it's still that extra years. It's it's clearly been enough. Oh yeah, uh, Matt Reeves, of course, very good. Yeah, very good director. Looking forward to War. He's doing Batman, which should I'm prove interesting. More hopeful for after Wonder Woman, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we hated Justice League, uh, Justice League, Batman v Superman. We're just assuming we're going to hate. Yeah, we're assuming we're going to hate Justice League because it's still Zack Snyder. Uh, Suicide Squad was garbage as well. Yeah. So obviously, we were quite down in the dumps. I don't like the Batman in this world because he's been killing people and he's got stupid short ears. And yeah, we, we've only actually just got our first details on the the Batman film like this week with the, with the yeah. doing the the press rounds for for Apes. But obviously, you mentioned it's going to be like a, a noir. Yeah, but having a good director is obviously a, a good first step, which is the one yeah. thing Batman v Superman definitely does not have. Um, because <laughs> Hack Snyder, Gunny Gunny Snyder, um. But, um, so obviously, I'm say for that. So, Matt Reeves is a very strong director, very capable, made some good stuff. Obviously, he did uh, Cloverfield, if I'm right in remembering, which was pretty solid. He did the Let Me In, which is the, the American remake of Let the Right One In, which suffers a little bit because it is a remake and because I'd rather watch the original, even though I think the remake's pretty strong. I, I've not watched it, I just hear as a lot that as far as remakes go, it's pretty solid. It is solid. It's just there's just some touches that I I think work better in the original, and I just seen the original first. It just means more to me. And whenever I want to watch that story now, I'm always going to go with the original at yeah. this point. Uh, even though there are some very good, well done sequences in it, there's a one shot scene in the, a car uh, that crashes that's phenomenal, and it isn't in the original. 
so I mean it's worth watching that scene at the very least but but yeah I mean I think like you say he's, he's a great director and this again we mentioned it with Rise it could have very easily just felt like this was a, a studio mandated film because mm-hmm. they wanted the, to keep the Planet of the Apes name going because it's it's a, a recognisable franchise and I think well, you know, Rise elevated to it above that like clearly going no this had a story and Dawn's taking it one step further going no we can do something special with this franchise yeah oh, that's a weird bit of trivia I, I just clicked on Matt Reeves to see you know what else uh, yeah. he, he's done uh, and apparently he wrote the script for Under Siege 2 Dark Territory which is amazing uh, that is fantastic to hear I really did not expect that uh, <laughs> I oh. thought you were going to give me something really cool there but okay I just think that's funny because it's such a dumb action movie. Yeah. And now he's directing like one of the most thoughtful he's, blockbusters there is. He's a, he's a versatile is. man. Uh, he also, he, he worked as a director on Felicity, which starred Kerry Russell. So maybe that's why she ended up in this movie. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Uh, but no, that's, that's interesting stuff. Uh, but no, so he's, he's very good. A- actors across the board, obviously Circus is... I, I think it's, honestly, I think it's a crime he hasn't been nominated for awards yet. I think he's overlooked because he's mocap, but I think his performance is genuinely that good. Oh, no, it is. I, I think it was great in Rise, but I get that maybe he wasn't quite as central in Rise as he was in Dawn. Whereas yeah. here in Dawn, he genuinely feels like he is absolutely, unequivocally, the, the lead. He's the main character. Absolutely. And the performance is great. And it's great with not... I mean, there's some talking. He, he talks to some of the humans, but it's not a super amount. It's so much of it is, is body language and just yeah. subtle looks here. You know, a, a nod of the head. You know, it's, yeah, it's when he's been protective of his, his, his apes community. It's when he, he goes back to the house from Rise and he goes back up to his old attic bedroom and he's oh. watching the, the footage of uh, James Franco. Yeah, it's touching. It's touching. Like, just because it, like, 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 it, it doesn't matter what, what he's watching. It's just mm. seeing his reaction to it. And it's, it's almost heartbreaking to watch ha- his face. Uh, yeah, it's just incredible acting. And, and and then of course at that point in the movie, he's already at the where he's trusting Malcolm, and he's like, "Oh, he was a good man like you." Yeah, and he's, he's like, "Oh, you, you really feel this bond forming." Uh, and the, the simple fact that Caesar tells him to get his family away because there's going to be a war, like at the end, it's just like, it's just it, there's a touching bond there where, and again, it comes back to this conflict, this inner conflict for for Caesar, and I, I think that's maybe something we're going to see a lot of in war is this inner struggle of. Yes, we're fighting this war because it needs to be fought, but this yeah. is horrific, and I'm killing a lot of people who may otherwise be good. It's going to be him what he what he has to do as a leader of a society versus what he thinks he should do as a moral person. But the whole thing is going to be a tragedy because none of this should oh. have happened. None of it. Absolutely. No, there is no reason for this war. No. Fundamentally, pe- pe- people, and when I say people, I mean people on both sides. I don't just mean the humans. Like, I'm just. Yeah. Uh, talking about you know the, the parties involved people on both sides made this war happen when it did not need to it could have just been peace but of yeah. course we have these tribalism sort of uh, tendencies that these things happen uh, some awful people cause it to happen and it's it's, it's tragic the whole, the whole, and it's a really really depressing ending because of that yeah like, and that's it it's, it's a case of you know a few bad eggs ruin it for everyone and that's but like, like to to the extreme, obviously. Yeah, yeah, to the extreme. Yeah, but that is what it is here. But no, uh, great action sequences. Yeah, uh, great effects, 
but more importantly, great characters with a great story at the center of it that has an important message, has proper sort of a weight to it. Uh, yeah, and that's it. I remember going into this movie. Obviously, I'd enjoyed Rise. I, th- I enjoyed it more this time around, actually. Mm. When we, we, I think we both mentioned that in our review of that. But I'd enjoyed it at the time. And I was looking forward to Dawn. But I wasn't you know, going, oh, I need to see this. This is going to be amazing. And then I came out with it, and it was just something else entirely. You weren't expecting it to come out of it and go, okay, that, that was better than the original film. It is probably one of the best films of this year. It's in, you know, it'll be in the running for it, you know, in yeah. 2014 I, I when think it came out. Even now, it's probably in my top three. Uh, there's only one I can, without looking at what was in 2014, I can tell you for a fact that's above it for me. But, so it's not many, so it's right up there. Yeah, because it's just, it's just a great film. Like, it happens to be kind of a blockbuster. But it, the 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 rating is better than that. It's, it just yeah, is. It's, it's a very unconventional blockbuster, though, because like you say, yeah. so much of it is subtitled, and how often do you see a subtitled blockbuster? It's such a, a bold move from the studio to yes. release that in. I, th- I think it was July it came out again. Yeah, it was, it was a summer movie. Yeah. It, was, it was right in the middle of summer, yeah. And it's such a, a strong move on their part to go, no, we believe in this movie, and... We don't care about the general pop, you know, general population. They're going to love this regardless. Is almost what it was. That's how good this movie is. But the weight is there. It is a it is a genuinely good film, and it, I it, it amazes me that we have what well, look. I mean, it's pretty clear now at this point that we're going to have this great trilogy that, that yeah. came back. Like this, this is like name me another. I mean, I guess Star Wars might have it to an extent when once this new trilogy is complete. But even that, like. Like, because this is surpassing what the original apes did. Like, are we going to get to the episode nine of Star Wars and go, "Well, that trilogy just showed the original trilogy"? What well, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's too early to say because obviously, the, like, Force Awakens was just a, a homage to New Hope. Yeah, because so. I, I think ultimately that's going to be a victim of, and not not, not to any sort of criminal extent. Like, I I, I like Force Awakens. I'm looking forward to uh, Last Jedi. I'm sure it'll be fun. But I think what that's ultimately going to be kind of victim of compared to the Apes trilogy, and which I think the Apes trilogy is criminally underrated even now. Like, as much as we are praising it, I don't feel like it gets the attention that it oh, deserves. It uh, I, I think it's going to suffer from the fact that, oh yeah, no, there's going to be solid movies and probably a bit heartwarming, a bit of a fun adventure, but ultimately it's made by people who want to re- reignite what was already there, that people felt with the original trilogy, and they want to have people feel like they're back in Star Wars. Whereas with this, as much as there's some homages to the original film, especially in the in Rise, yeah, there's th- definitely not as much in this. That this movie just said, no, no, we have something to say that goes above and beyond. This is an idea that, yeah, it's taking from this old franchise, but it's it's making its own thing, and That's I, it. it, it's playing with a lot of the same themes that we spoke yeah. about in the original movie. You know, the the racial segregation, the the them and the other, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, like all that we spoke about is in Planet of the Apes, and but even, now here it's just there because it's redone for today's audience with you know the problems that is today. It's very similar problems, admittedly, but they're tailored specifically to now. Even just the idea, like in the original movie, it was like, oh, we destroyed ourselves, but in that case, it was through nuclear weapons. Here, it's no, we destroyed ourselves because we kind of encouraged this fight, this war. Yeah, I mean, obviously. In the last movie, it was we created this virus which eventually annihilated most of us. But who is left are basically going to be made smaller because of our own our own actions. Yeah, our, our own inbuilt tribalism as yeah. as a species. Like across the board, we have that 
so again, much like the original film, it's a warning. It's, no, no, think about how you're acting in these situations and are you letting your, just your, your barbaric lust get in the way of what actually makes sense, of what actually works. Let your head prevail. Think about yeah. what it is. Uh, kind of kind of idea. So, uh, No, I, I can't recommend Dawn of the Planet of the Apes enough. I, I feel like it... It is a thoughtful film that has something to say. It is therefore quite genuinely like a piece of art in yeah. that self. And I, then, I think anything that has a message and it knows its message, it's not just like you know accidentally a bit here, a bit there. <laughs> like something yeah. there that's going to. No, this is what we're saying. At that point, it becomes art. Yeah, to an extent. I, I don't know. I'd have to really think about it, but I'm sure I, I can think of other qualifiers that make something art beyond that. Okay. But Probably. yeah, but for now that'll do. For now that'll do. I've got a, a couple of little moments that I like. Nothing that as Go big on, as that. Yeah, well... Just um, so the the movie after we have that you know the, the little prologue with the the thing about the virus, the first thing we see is a shot of Caesar's face, mm-hmm. and you know it tracks out that. And the ending is a shot of Caesar's face, so it's it's completely bookended. And by it's Caesar. going in at the end as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, it's completely going. No, this is Caesar's movie from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, another I... thing I really liked uh, is just uh. You know when he's going to kick Cobra off the tower? Mm-hmm. It's, it perfectly mirrors, you know, when Cobra kicks, uh, in the last movie, the guy in the helicopter. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same. Yeah, no, that's fair. It does make me think, though, I, I think, you know, final chapter in the trilogy, I think Caesar might be dying at the end of this next one. I can see it. I can see it, and that's going to, that's genuinely going to break me. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be this tragic thing. He's probably going to get peace as a result. He's probably going to die for some kind of peace, or die for some kind of happy ending for everyone else it'll be even if he doesn't intentionally sacrifice himself it'll be his death is what makes them realize oh sure yeah but like whatever he was doing will still be noble like there's no yeah, doubt in my head that what he whatever reason leads to his death it'll be a noble yeah. cause and and let's face it man tears will be shed <laughs> they will because uh, you know like after this movie i mean to an extent after rise as well but especially after this movie you you care about caesar like incredibly much yeah and maurice and then to a lesser extent but you do care about your son you care about rocket and stuff like yeah. these are characters that we, we've had either on both movies or developed in this movie where we feel like oh this is the, the, the core group and you know the humans i don't think i don't think we're going to see the human characters again next movie we'll get a new set of humans we'll get with harrelson next movie yeah we'll get, we'll, it's and, these we'll back. yeah so uh no i i think it's a this is a Bad word to use given the uh, the Marvel movies that exist, but it is a modern marvel that that this trilogy even exists. It and is it's impressive. I mean, after the sequel, like the original movie is is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But the the sequels, some are good, fun, but none of them are, are great movies. I just want to put it in your head that, like, what two three weeks after Transformers Five comes out and is like. One of the most hated movies ever. In fact, do you know what I point out that's really funny about Transformers 5? We didn't actually bother reviewing it. Basically, we all said, nah, none of us will actually want to go see it. I've noticed a lot of other reviewers make that same choice this time. A lot of other really? outlets, uh, on YouTube specifically, other YouTubers and stuff, have basically said, what's the point? We've already talked about the, you know, the, the last four. We're going to have nothing new to say. And Michael Bay said that really obnoxious thing. It was either after the fourth movie, maybe after the third movie, where, oh, they're all uh, going to see it anyway. anyway yeah. Right? And I really like the idea that everyone, including the reviewers, have just went, you know what, no. 
Don't need hey, to. F- forget the reviewers. Box office tells you that that's what people's attitude has been. At least for now, it seems that way. Yeah, in the West, at least. Uh, unfortunately, there's some countries that are still gobbling up. That, that is true. <laughs> gobbling but... up the Transformers and the Mummy. That piece of shit Mummy movie. God yeah, well, we, can, we can't control those. We can't control what they do. Can't we, control what everyone we, else we, does either. We, but... We, no, but we can do our part and say, we're not going to go see this. We recommend that you don't go see this. And yeah. that's, as, that's as much as we can do. And obviously, when it came to Transformers, that message kind of carried across to the Somehow, to yeah, a lot of the was, general public. And I don't think there was any, like, there was, yeah, there was no initiative. No one, like, told everyone else, oh, this is what we should do. No one should go see it. It was just, everyone was like, oh, no, I'm done. Everyone's like, another one? Really? Like, after the, the fourth one that had the license to rape and laminated thing in the guy's wallet, and it's like, nah, you know what? We've crossed the line here with these movies, and I'm done. Well, I just, I hope War trounces it at the box office. Oh, I do too. It deserves it. it or it, it lately deserves it. Yeah, I'm just out on a limb and just going to assume it deserves it. Because I think Dawn did well, but it wasn't yeah. phenomenal, was do, it? Do, you know, which is, I'll applaud Fox for sticking to this franchise, this trilogy, given that it's you know it's doing okay, but it's not doing amazing blockbuster yeah. franchise numbers. It, it, it would have been easily within their their rights to look at this in terms of you know just how much it was making and go right, we want to change this so it makes more money. And yeah, I, yeah. I probably wouldn't have judged them too. I, uh, I I appreciate that they stuck to they let them stick to the vision. Yeah. I wouldn't have probably judged them as a business at looking at it and going, no, we want more from it. I. Yeah, especially this summer, because, you know, Mummy, at least domestically, d- done shit. Yeah. Uh, Transformers, domestically, by far the lowest it's ever done. Uh, Baywatch, which got terrible reviews, did not do well. Yeah. Uh, bad movies, and Pirates of Caribbean 5, actually, again, I mean, worldwide's kind of dragged it up, but domestically, again, really weak. Yeah, and that domestic figure is still important. So less important than you, it used to be. But. but here's the thing: Wonder Woman did really well. Get Out, which is not a blockbuster, but earlier this year that did really well. Guardians Two, yeah. which I didn't, you know, not as good as some other stuff, still pretty solid. Did quite well. I'm really hoping that War's great and it makes a lot of money. And it's yeah, yeah. Cl- I want like War to be great and make its money. I want Baby Driver to make its money. And it, is, it says to people, it says to the studios, no, no, no. You make good movies, we will go see them. Yeah. I think, again, not to go too far off on, onto a tangent here, but it's the whole, you know, we get the Rotten Tomatoes debate that's come up lately where they're all like, oh, you're, you're stopping us getting money because we're making bad movies and you're telling people about it. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. And maybe maybe this will be go, hang on, maybe we should make better movie, guys. And, and then we can't blame Rotten Tomatoes. Do, do you know what? That irks me so much. They, they, when they thought, oh, Rotten Tomatoes is hurting our box office, they, they, their initial response was to blame it and go, we want to stop them being able to see it early. Their, their, their response wasn't to, oh, let's make better movies. Their response was, let's try and censor those who are telling people that they're it's, bad. It's, it's why I appreciate so much that the uh, that the embargo for war is so early. They're going, nah, we don't give a shit what the rest of you are doing. We believe in this movie, and we know Rotten Tomatoes is going to love it. You know, They're going to come out with a great score. People are going to go yeah. see that. And they're going to see that for three weeks before the movie hits the cinema. And then they're going to go, do you know what? This is probably a good movie. And they'll go and see it. 
Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I think I still think there's obviously a segment of the audience that don't care about review scores and go and see crap anyway. Of oh, course, yeah, there's that. going to be that segment. But I think yeah, as time has went on, all the people who do care enough to actually vet their movies and look at it's and... because it's so easy to like. Like again, Rotten Tomatoes has its flaws in terms of you know it just boils it down to a percentage of was it a good. Oh or yeah, bad it's not but... like Rotten Tomatoes is not a. It's it's just a tool. You have to understand what the tool's telling you and you know what the reading is. But it's a, it's a useful tool engaging your own. It is, and and the interest. fact that you know everyone has a phone, they can get to Rotten Tomatoes in you know like three clicks, and you can see any movie that's coming up and go right, yeah, that's people are liking that or people are not liking that. Is it worth my time? Just you know, judgment call based on just that. If you want to, it's more of a tap on a phone. All right, yeah, I suppose it is. Click was a poor choice of wording. Yeah, click's more of a computer thing, but it is. I just, just whatever. Just, just to pick it apart. Uh, Shut up! Um, don't ruin, don't ruin my perfectly good point. <laughs> um, so no, uh, but yeah, Don's fantastic. I, uh, <laughs> it, it is. We, we kind of got off it a bit because we were just you know talking about the industry in general. But well, no, it's such I, a good movie. I, I think that, I think the reason why we went into that tangent now about the industry in general and blockbusters in general is because it stands out so much amongst them, and it does kind of show how a it lot is. of other blockbusters it's... aren't really trying. Because as much as I enjoy all the superhero movies coming out, you know, and I'm thinking specifically the Marvel movies right here. There's a like, formula. There's a formula, and you know what? I'm a little bit fatigued to the point where, like, Civil War, some people were still super excited about that. I was like, oh, yeah, it was fine, but, like... Yeah, I still, I still enjoyed it. I'm still going to probably enjoy all of them that are at least that competent, and, you know, because yeah. they're all of at least a certain but, standard. But they're very much... I go when I watch, I leave, and I'm kind of like, okay, that was fine. It's, it's going to take for them to do something new, something different, for me to go, right, that yeah. was great. It's just a little bit of fatigue. And obviously, we're going to be rewatching uh For Influx, Civil War, and all the other Avengers and Captain America movies for the new Avengers movie next year, when we get to it. And I'm curious, I've not seen Civil War since the cinema. Like, I, I, me either. I yeah. used to see these movies multiple times at the theatre, and... I've not done that for the last few. I've just not been... I've not cared enough to go and see it more than once. And I'm really curious to see how I feel about Civil War again. You know, with some times went past, maybe I'll go in with a, a fresher mind. And a, yeah, because want... you'd be going in with lower expectations as well. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how I'll feel uh, come the second viewing. But the, the, the point is, though, is that as much as they're fun, they're very much... They are purely popcorn. There is no depth to those movies. And that's, I think that's the difference where when we get to Dawn. It's like, this is a blockbuster, but it has a vision. It's yes. got something to say rather than just be a, a popcorn flick. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, for, for a popcorn movie that isn't that deep, most of those Marvel movies are exceptionally good at being that. They are. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, there's a difference between a, a Marvel movie and a Transformers movie. There is a giant leap of quality, and that, that, mean, that does matter for something. That counts for something. Yeah. But... They don't, they, you know, they're still light, fluffy fun. It's, they're good, light, just, fluffy fun. It's just nice to see a studio go, do you know what? We're going to let you do something different, especially with a franchise like Planet of the Apes, which, you yeah. know, it's got recognition already. People have preconceptions about it. It's got a brand, it's got value. And they're going, no, you can, you're allowed to do something different with this. You can try and you could, it might fail. You know, audiences might hate it and, you know, they might make no money, but they stuck with it and went, you can try. And I respect that. Yeah, uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. I'm actually just, I, I think uh, obviously Matt Reeves is forever on the radar after you know this movie and presumably the next one, uh, as is potentially Rupert Wyatt. What's the LCC directed actually off the top of my head? It's, if I recall, it's a lot of like light, fluffier things. Uh, 
I'm not really familiar with most of this. He did an episode of The Exorcist, actually. He did the pilot for The Exorcist TV show. Oh, did he? Funnily enough, yeah. Uh, he, he did The Gambler? What was The Gambler? Oh, that's the uh, that's a Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Mark Wahlberg, so I'm, I'm happy leaving leaving that. Um, but no, uh, no, so Dawn is fantastic. So uh, let's get to ratings, as if it's yeah, going to be surprising. Just, just, just oh. before we do go on, there's the, a little bit at the end of the credits. Oh sure, yeah, which I I didn't know about until this. Yeah, year. yeah, and it's just uh, something that I don't even know if it'll ever come up, but just just in case. Well, go on then. What happens at the end of the credits? So at the end of the credits, we have some some ape noises, and then some some kind of rubble sounds like it's being moved, and then some some heavy breathing, and that's that's kind of it. It's just on a black screen. It's just yeah. the noises, but obviously the the obvious implication at least is that Cobra survived, and he has maybe. A group that went down, still loyal to him, that that you know rescued him and took possibly. Him. Which would be interesting from the third movie's perspective of like, okay, so the apes are actually at war with the humans. Where does Koba and his followers stand? You know, I think it'd be really fight? interesting. I think that's the next trilogy. I think that's where they go after this. You go Koba's out of commission. Yeah, yeah, you you keep Koba out of commission for this. You 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 know ignore it. Consider him dead still for this movie for all intents and purposes. But, you know, put maybe some teases of what's to come after. And then after this movie, you go, right, that's that trilogy done. But they're not going to want to give it up entirely. No chance. Oh, sure. Um, and then maybe then go look at, right, what what has Cobra been plotting? What's he doing? How do you that, have that, that? That's if he keeps it so close to it, though. I feel like I feel like it, for an, an next trilogy, they should probably jump ahead. Yeah, and perhaps. Keep yeah. it separate. Because uh, I like the idea that war is the end of this trilogy. That said, though, I think Matt Reeves in interviews was talking about ideas for a fourth. So maybe if he has ideas, if he's got stuff he wants to do, then you know what? Let this idea, <laughs> this idea of like each movie like section should be a trilogy. We yeah, we don't really need to have that. If 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 you have four movie ideas and you want to do a four movie story, and that's what the whole idea is, then by all means do four movies, yeah. like whatever. Yeah, uh, we're just calling it a trilogy because that's that's what it seems to be as of right now. And it's also the standard thing to group them into. Like you have a trilogy. Yeah. Even Star Wars is grouped into trilogies. Yeah, yeah. If it, if it comes out with a fourth one that's clearly still part of this, then I guess yeah, then then it's a quadrilogy. But until we get that, it's just we'll we'll stick with trilogy. Aye. So there you go. So ratings, rating Don of the Apes out of out of the ten. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going same as I gave the the original movie uh, is a ten. I think it's a phenomenal movie. I I don't have anything wrong with it. All the characters, everything we've just spoke about for you know better part of an hour. All the characters, all the themes, all that action. It just it doesn't do anything wrong. I agree with that, and yet I am not giving it a perfect ten. Any particular reason, or just just doesn't quite get there for you? I mean, I'm giving it an eight point five, so I'm hardly docking it that <laughs> much. Um, which is higher? I give the original a nine, if I recall. I'm giving this a nine point five. I is there a reason why it's not a straight ten? Um, I, I guess mean, it, sometimes just because is enough. Yeah, no, it, it kind of is. Like ultimately, my philosophy when it comes to giving out tens is. Like, there's not really a difference in quality between a 9, an 8.5, and a 10, really. Yeah, it's just a, a feeling sometimes. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's just a, a, a feeling. And it's the sort of thing where I think a lot of 10s become 10s over time. And this could become a 10 over time to me. I, I feel like it is exceptional in almost every way. Uh, if, I, if I'm going to 
critique, like a, a nudge, just to take yeah. take it off. Like why why it's not hitting the perfect ten? Maybe it was my complaint that the music's not memorable no, to fair. me. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe no, no. I get it. Sometimes you just yeah. don't know. Sometimes you just go. It's it's almost flawless, but I'm not giving it a ten. I've done that myself. Uh, it, I th- I don't think this was a ten when I first saw it, but the fact that I've watched it. I mean, this was I think my fifth viewing of this movie. Oh, good, very good. <laughs> and you know, like like I watched it twice in the cinema, and then you know a couple of times since it's come out on home release. I think. Uh... I think ultimately it comes down to like, okay, what are my other tens? Does this stand with them? Is really what it comes down to. That's fair. Does this go alongside uh, Mulholland Drive and Alien and Aliens? Like, and yeah. I'm using one specifically within the show, so I'm not spoiling other tens that we might do yeah, later yeah, on. Yeah, I get that. And, and uh, it, for me personally, it does. Oh, but, sure. I, I, I get it. Yeah. I absolutely get it. Um, do, do you know what? Actually, I'll, t- I'll tell you why it doesn't. St- it, what that little nudge is. I think I've. I think I've sussed it. I think in my head I've sussed it. Go on. Again, if I'm comparing it to Mulholland Drive, I'm comparing it to Alien and Aliens, and I'm comparing it to my other tens that I've got sort of swimming in my head for the most part. There is just a small lack of a little bit of style. Hmm, Where okay. I and I mean more from the world. And that it's it's intentionally meant to be the real kind of world and feel realistic, but you know I think of those other movies. Mulholland Drive has a style, as a yeah, mood, as an no, atmosphere. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, Alien, you feel that 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 Lovecraftian horror almost as a descending into the ship to get the egg. Yeah. And uh, Aliens has that has a sort of extension of that where it's the it's the base and it's uh, all this militaristic and metal and there's, there's oozing atmosphere. If there's one thing this movie almost doesn't have that much, is actually atmosphere. It has yeah, great, no. fantastic characters, has great, fantastic themes and plot, uh, but the atmosphere isn't isn't super potent. I guess is maybe no, no, it. that's fair. No, so, I, I I can appreciate that. So that's the yeah, that's the one thing. That's why it's not a ten for me. That's the one thing that's missing. So I didn't expect you to actually figure it out. But I did. I, I thought about it, and it's I because the movie doesn't feel like it's lacking anything when you're watching it or when I'm talking about it. It was just when I started thinking about what else I'd rate a ten, and I went, "What's missing?" Compared to those, yeah. and there it is. Ah, that's fair. We we got it. We I got the hang it. of it. Nine point five. That said, it averages out to a nine point seven five. That's not bad going. Uh, so, but phenomenal is the, is the word. So, thank you very much for watching. Uh, we'll have another influx uh, later this week, so you can look forward to that. But that is uh, Rise of the Planet. Uh, sorry, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I'm, I'm regressing. I'm de-evolving. Uh-huh. Tie that in. Devolving. Devolving. Oh, did I say it wrong as well? God damn it. I thought I'd make a fun joke out of my my flub, and then I flubbed the the dumb joke for the flub. Uh, I think that's your cue to wrap this up. It is. Thanks for watching, guys. Let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, get us on patreon.com slash TV if you want to support the channel if you like what we do keep us doing this more movies there's, there's a lot of bonus movie potential stuff going on in the goals and the perks if you want to go over there and uh, cough up some dough as it were uh, but we do appreciate it if you do uh, it's great when that happens And uh, but no that's us so thank you very much for watching uh, get us I said all that get stuff again see I told you I'm flubbing yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for war aye 
Aye, aye, for more. On 1.21 gigawatts, because it's a new movie. But that is us, guys. Thank you once again for watching. Keep watching movies. We'll see you next time.